yo, yo. Check this out. Check this out. Previously heard. Previously heard. Good Hope FM. Let's go. This is Wellness Wednesday on The Morning Show. It's time for Wellness Wednesday, and today we're speaking to a Restonic sleep expert, Dr. Alison Bentley, all about snoring. Dr. Alison Bentley, welcome to Good Up FM. So good to be able to chat to you today. Yeah, good. Welcome. <laughs> now, we know that snoring, it's very common, and it may be seen as normal by many people. However, yeah. um, it is never normal, according to a sleep expert such as yourself. Can you tell us more about what causes snoring? Yeah. You know, I think people think it as normal because so many people do it. Okay, so it must yeah. be normal. But that's, that's never a good reason for something to be normal. Exactly, yeah. So... So if you snore, so let's go back a bit. So when you breathe in, you mm-hmm. breathe in through your nose usually. Yeah. And what happens is that the chest opens wide and creates a negative pressure and sucks the air down into your, into your lungs, right? And it should go down in a smooth kind of way without any interference whatsoever. Yeah. Now, snoring happens because there is interference in that airflow. So it could be something simple like, a deviated septum because you've broken your nose in few, in previously, yeah. you have big tonsils or adenoids, you're overweight, um, anything or your, when you lie on your back, your jaw moves backwards and kind of closes off the airway a little bit. So anything that interferes with the airflow going through there is likely to cause turbulent airflow. So yeah. it means that instead of going nice and smoothly, it's kind of running around and, and, and not nice and smooth. Then what happens is it usually hits the back of the, of the soft palate. Now, that's called the uvula in medical language. We all call it the little tongue at the back of the throat. Yeah. So that little guy sitting there minding its own business usually catches that and starts it vibrating. And so you get the noise like the, that kind of vibration at the back of the throat. Yeah. If you then open your mouth just a little bit, you create a sound box in your mouth and then you get the noise. So what snoring indicates is that the air that's moving into your lungs, probably plenty of air moving into your lungs, that the airflow is not the problem, but it's, there's an obstruction somewhere. That's what it means. And when should one start be concerned about snoring? Well, you know, there are divorces that have occurred because of snoring. Exactly. <laughs> We've heard about those stories. Exactly. I think you get concerned when your bed partner is kind of saying, I can't sleep with you. I just, mm. the noise is so loud. So there's yeah. a loudness, a noise pollution kind of problem with snoring. But when we as doctors, so, and honestly, then it would be looking, what is the obstruction? Um, often going to an ear, nose and throat surgeon saying, is there an obstruction there that's causing this? Losing weight, particularly in men, can resolve the snoring. So it's something like that, where we as doctors get really concerned about snoring is when it turns into sleep apnea. Now, what happens there is that the snoring is interrupted. So there is snoring and you listen to people, they're like sawing down a forest. You know, it's just like constant. Every time they breathe in, there's this noise. Trees are being cut down left, right and center. Absolutely. Yes. So that snoring, it's noise pollution. Medically, we're not too concerned about that. We're concerned when when that snoring starts stopping, if that makes sense. Mm. So the, the kind of there's a little bit of a snore and then there's a stopping and then yes. there's nothing. And, and often bed partners are the people who go, listen, like you snore, but I'm concerned that now the snoring is not happening yeah. and you appear to not be breathing. Then that, that's called sleep apnea. And now what's happening is that that obstruction that you have in the airway, you're having to suck so hard to move air past it that you're actually sucking the airway close. Wow. Now, 
that airway is designed to close every time you swallow, right? But not when you breathe in. So when you start getting a catch in your breath, so you'll hear people talk about the fact that it's dead quiet and then all of a sudden there's this kind of gasping that happens and throwing arms around and that's a problem because what it means is you're being woken up out of sleep and you're being woken up out of sleep because your brain is going, hey, listen, we're fast asleep. You're not moving air. You you need to wake up like and open that throat. Yeah. So that's when we start to get concerned because firstly what it does is break up your sleep into little pieces Um, and the numbers can be huge. I mean, I do sleep studies on patients and regularly am reporting on studies where they're doing this 200, 300 times a night. So the numbers can be enormous and you can understand that if you're doing that, then you're going to wake up the next morning feeling tired, Mm. going to be tired the next day anytime you sit down and try and relax or not relax like being in meetings at work. Um, you're going to tend to fall asleep. So feeling sleepy during the day is where we start to worry about it. But if you do have significant sleep apnea, what the data now shows is that it affects every other kind of disorder that you would have. So what's particularly concerning to us is the effect on heart disease. Um, so high blood pressure, strokes, um, heart attacks, heart failure. If you have an abnormal rhythm to your heart, all of that is made worse if you have sleep apnea makes diabetes worse, it makes liver disease worse, it makes dementia worse, it makes depression worse, it makes everything worse. So it kind of sits in the background, destroying your sleep, um, and and kind of working through the same mechanisms that all the other diseases work through to make them worse. So Dr. Allison... that's when we start to get really worried. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the treatments out there um, for snoring? And then, of course, once you get Mm. to the stage of having sleep apnea. Yes. So generally, if we're worried that there's apnea, so any symptoms of apnea or descriptions of apnea, then we'd want to do a sleep test and to find out exactly how many times it's happening because we don't like treating patients by numbers. But if it's happening more than 20 times per hour, which I know sounds like a huge number, but it's really quite common, then the only treatment for that is to use a CPAP machine, which which basically is uh, like a reverse vacuum cleaner, blows air down your nose to hold your throat open because the consequences of not treating that are actually quite bad. So I want to get that out the way, like that's the, the bad ones. Because one, if it's just snoring or mild sleep apnea, then we have a lot more options to treat it with. So we would literally go through, there's six reasons why people would, would have this kind of condition. One is age, and I can do nothing about that. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not God, you know. So yes. I can't mm. fix the aging thing, right? But the things you can fix so, for example, you, it, it could be an obstruction, as I've mentioned. So, skew septum, tonsils, adenoids, just a blocked nose. Just living in Joburg in winter is horrible yeah. So for your nose. So, it could be that. It could also be heartburn. So, if you have a heartburn, especially when you lie down at night, the acid can come all the way up, hit the back of the tongue and cause an obstruction there, cause it to swell up. Obviously, weight, particularly in men. So we know that when men put on weight, they put it on in the neck and the chest area. And so it narrows that whole airway down. Then there's a positional uh, thing that a lot of people, when they have apnea or snoring, it's always worse on their back. So kind of one of the easy ways to solve that is what's called the tennis ball technique. I tend to use a squash ball. So if between the shoulder blades, whatever you wear as pajamas, is to sew a little pocket between the shoulder blades at the back, Mm -hmm. put a squash ball in there. Then when people move over onto their back, it's uncomfortable, so they Mm. keep moving. 
and go Very on good. to the other side. So okay. positional therapy works. And then the last thing is, is something to stabilize your jaw because if your jaw moves backwards, then that closes off. So there's a, a, a what they call a, a mandibular device that you can buy at the chemist, which just holds your jaw closed um, and holds your jaw forward. And then you don't snore as much. So there's lots of options once, we, once we're in the mild to, or the, just to the snoring. Wow, this has been such good stuff, Dr. Allison, for uh, those snorers out there or those that are on the mm, other end the of uh, the snorers as well <laughs> that are not suffering in silence. They're suffering uh, under very loud, jarring snoring noises. Mm, uh, but I do mm. appreciate this. I think it's been very, very helpful and uh, very much would love to chat to you sometime down the line again. This has been good stuff. Great pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Alison Alison Bentley, Restonic Sleep Expert. We were speaking about snoring today, uh, and we were saying, like, it is very common uh, for many people. In fact, nearly everyone snores at some point, including babies and young children. But loud, jarring snoring may indicate sleep apnea. As Dr. Allison said, a condition that causes you to pause breathing during sleep. If snoring occurs in combination with apneic uh, episodes, which is gasping for air in your sleep and other symptoms like fatigue or irritability, then you should definitely speak to your health care provider. It's all you need.